and everybody has it back again. Don't take no mess at the rose garden. Jesus, they're on fire. They're what we desire. The men in black can handle it. Other teams can scrapple it. How they win that game today? There's just one thing you can say. How does somebody shoot that three? Believe it, it ain't easy. How did Brian jump so sweet? Believe it, it ain't easy. It's the flying dot that's in your lap. I'm just now putting it together that you were working on this last month because I was in Salt Lake City for the Ultimate. Oh yeah, and I text I texted you because like I think oh, yeah. I figured I figured like usually like outlets like because I saw I saw a bunch of Ringer folks there like I saw Siri right. I saw Kyle Mann I saw like some other people like from the Ringer that I'm friends with I figured they would like send their whole crew out there like I hadn't seen you like we were talking about since right summer league 2019 so i texted you like hey are you in salt lake and you're like no i'm in indiana working on a story you didn't tell me what the story was okay and i was like right. okay i saw this come out and i was like okay that's that must have been what she was working on i know everyone was like are you an all-star are you an all-star are you an all-star and i was like no like i'm all-star is not really your vibe also it's hard to get I, really like a sit down know. like interview with somebody to really get people to open up and do you know the mirror and fader profile at all-star right. like you're not going right. to get that kind of access Totally. It's, I hate going to, uh, honest, truthfully, I hate going to big events like, you know, where you're just, you're like a sardine and I hate yeah. press conferences. And um, I also, I'm not really like a partier. So it's kind of like, <laughs> I don't think, <laughs> I just think it'd be oh, a waste people of were turn, People were turning up in Salt Lake City, you know, you know, that. No. this was actually probably one of the most low key uh, all-star weekends I've ever been to. <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah. yeah the, my trip was, I mean, I was working a really long time of doing two stories out there. Um, second one is coming out soon, but I Are you I allowed was, to say what that is yet or no? I am not. Okay. I am not. I'm sorry. But okay. yeah, I was, I remember seeing everyone like partying and being like, oh, gosh, okay. All right. Gotta stay focused. Gotta just do what I do. What I do. One <laughs> <laughs> other, one other guy I want to, like, do you, do you, how often, I mean, I'm sure it varies like person to person but how much do you keep up with you know do you keep in touch with people that you maybe profiled mm. years and years ago because I the other guy that you know somebody that I know quite well because I cover him now on the trailblazers and somebody that you profiled back when he was in college is Nasir Little and I'm wondering oh, if that's is that somebody yeah. that you are still in touch with at all or that you've kept up with at all um, no, that, uh, to answer your question, I definitely do keep in touch, but I didn't with him, I think probably because it was mediated through like SIDs and yeah. stuff when he was in college, but God, I really, you know what, that profile didn't get as much, um, I don't know, attention at the time, but I, I talk about compassion. I felt so much compassion for him when he was mm -hmm. in college and I found him to be so extraordinarily mature. Mm -hmm. And that was a rare, a rare, rare profile of like, we just said profiling somebody in the middle of their storm. Yeah. I, I was just amazed that like I got to do that while he was going through the playing time issues and all that. Um, so when I see, but when I see him playing, a part of me just feels like, like when I see LaMelo come up on a commercial, I'm just like, oh my God, you know, because he's, yeah. he was just like a baby. But, you know, I, I more so keep in touch with families. I get really close to the moms for some reason. Uh -huh. Like I, I think so much. So um, 
now that I'm on Instagram because I've got it a decade later and now I, you know, have more, <laughs> more contact with, uh, dating myself. Ridiculous. Um, no, I, this now, is actually true. Like I use, I used to give you shit all the time for not having I an know. Instagram and, and yeah. I, all it, all it took was Elon Musk buying Twitter and threatening to run it into the ground for you to finally get <laughs> I was like, well, geez, I guess I'll make one. Um, but it has actually really assisted with this, uh, keeping in touch with families and players and stuff. Um, I try to not, um, you know, I, it's not, it's not robust. It's I don't have a friendship, you know, it's not like, it's not often, but it's just like, when you, when you're that vulnerable with a reporter, there is just a connection that will just always be there. Yeah. Um, but it's more afar. Um, so, and I like it that way too. And part of it, you know, I like to profile people multiple times. So yeah. like, you know, Devonte Adams profiled him twice. Brandon Ingram profiled him twice. So I really do keep in touch also in that way of like, Hey, like if there's something down the line and you, you know, you feel like you can trust that, you know, I will, that you did the, fir the, the first time you did it respectful and you did it the right. way that they would want their story to be told. Yeah. Like, you, that, you they'll know, all, you that they'll choose you again for the next time they want to have something like that. Yeah. Like, I, you know, I'm, I'm not pressed for a profile when something happens, but if you feel like you trust me and feel like I will do an honest job and, you know, respectful and all of those things, like I'm here, you know? Yeah, I really liked that Nasir Little story. I went back and read it when they drafted him in 2019. Mm. And I went back and read it again because I, you know, I've gotten to know Nasir pretty well over the last, basically, basically since we started being allowed to actually be around these guys again after you know, all the COVID <laughs> yeah. stuff happened. Because he and I, like, like, he and I didn't really know each other that well. Because, like, his rookie season was the 2019-20 season, which halfway through that season, COVID hit and shut the entire league down. And then for the two years after that, all the media access was Zoom. And so mm -hmm. the first time Nasir and I actually got to talk was over the summer. He and I met up and I sat down and did a, like a longer thing with him. And I was struck by the same stuff you were, just about how mature mm -hmm. and how level-headed he was. But one thing, because right before I did that story, I was sitting down like preparing for it. And so I went back and read a bunch of stuff that he had done in the past. And so one of the things I went back and reread was your story. And one of the things that struck me from it was that part of the reason he chose to go to Carolina over some of the other offers that he had from other schools is because they were the only school that didn't promise him, you're going to come in and start day one, you're going to have to earn mm -hmm. it. And he wanted that. Mm -hmm. And that was something that struck me reading that. Yeah, now it's coming back to me. I, I mean, I think also just interesting ties, obviously has nothing to do with Greg Oden, but um, this idea of like, expectation right like mm -hmm. and that's again that's that's our world right like who is putting these expectations on him right. to play right away and be like what's wrong with you if you're sitting on the bed you know so I, I think like that in itself like Carolina was like well I don't care how the rest of the world works we're not doing that you know he's gonna earn his keep or whatever and um, I actually thought in a modern world of our takey culture and all this stuff, he handled that with so much like grace mm -hmm. and class. And um, yeah, I was just kind of astounded by the maturity to do that because I think any other player would be like, fuck this, like I'm transferring. <laughs> he was just great. <laughs> he was just really like, I was in, I was impressed. And even now he's kind of, I think he's handling 
his own role here in Portland. Like, I don't know how much you've kept up with the Blazers season. Probably not that much because you're like running around doing, you know, yeah, all kinds of different things. But he came in when I that interview I did with him over the summer. He told me that it was like a goal of his to start this season, and he felt disrespected by people saying that <laughs> he might not be the starter. Like that he like he came in hard on that, and then when he didn't when he didn't win the starting spot in training, yeah, part of that was he was still coming back from the shoulder in, uh, surgery that he had over the uh, last season. And then uh, he also, like Josh Hart also just had a really good training camp and won the spot. And Nasir was like, yeah, you know, when Chauncey told me that, I told him he made the right choice because Josh Hart had a better training camp than me. And then mm-hmm. right now, like since, you know, since the uh, trade deadline, the Blazers brought in two guys, uh, Matisse Theibel and Cam Reddish. If you want to talk about another guy who had huge expectations in college and then hasn't really, you know, met them in the NBA and is kind of bouncing around. Cam Reddish is kind of another guy in this in a similar spot, but those guys have been getting a lot of the starting spots over Nasir because the Blazers for the rest of the season want to take a look at those guys and see whether they want to re-sign them. And Nasir, like he's already gotten his extension. They kind of already know what they have with him. He's kind of gotten the short end of the stick in a way that I think is a little bit unfair to him. But every time mm-hmm. I've talked to him about it, he seems like he's just like, you know, I get it. I, I, he doesn't seem like he's like upset about it. Like, obviously, he would like to play more than he is, but he's not. He's not making it into a thing like some guys would be. Yeah, I mean, I d- definitely wish I was, you know, more knowledgeable about, you know, the current situation there. But right. you know, I think when people ask people ask me a lot about, like, what are what are these NBA stars like, and the image that they're always like, when I read your work, I'm sort of like, wow, these guys are so you know, uh, humble. Yeah. Like humble, mature, regular, you know, they, they, they feel the same insecurities that I do. And I'm like, well, because they are regular because, (laughs) because they are humans. And so when you see a profile that shows that somebody's like, you know what, I got to work harder. I'm not as good as this guy. I I accept that. And I'm gonna, it's like, I don't want that to be surprising. Um, if you, because because I think scream culture, like you said, a lot of these guys, they don't actually interact with, you know, they're not doing the, the same kind of stuff that we are. So, but when you are, you, you really learn so early is like, we're all just people. And like, we all have our shit. That's like one of my sayings. It's like, <laughs> we all have our shit. We exactly. all have, we all, we all have that thing that we're like, oh man, like somebody's not going to like me if they think this about me or you know I'm afraid that they think this about me or we all like secretly don't feel good enough like it I was talking to Nasir like yeah before a game in the locker room we were it was not like an interview or anything we were just like chatting and he was telling me that like he like he just bought a house recently like after he got his contract extension he realized he was like gonna be in Portland for a while he actually bought a house out here and he was talking about like oh he had an interior decorator like giving him a budget for furniture and like they like these are your options and he was looking at the price of like furniture to you know furnish a new place and he was just like blown away by how expensive it is and I'm just like yeah you know I just moved into a a new place like (laughs) six months ago I I know what that it's like obviously he and I have very different budgets for like furniture for our places because we make very different amounts of money but it's like yeah like somebody like me and somebody like him who really like you would think don't have anything at all in common because of you know age racial background you know athletic ability whatever it's like yeah we both are like yeah apartment furniture is expensive right and i i think also it gives me 
more admiration for the ways that, you know, the pressures that they have that we don't, right? Like we get to, well, not us, but like other people who maybe don't have public facing careers, they, they don't, they get to fail in private. And uh -huh. I, I, I so much admire athletes because they have to do this in front of millions of people and they have to like face their weaknesses every single day. So while I feel such connection with the people I cover of these deeply universal human themes, it, it also just gives me an appreciation of like, I will never know what it feels like to be in their shoes and, and deal with that. But that's why I think it's important to do this work because you just, you never know what somebody's going through. And I don't know. It's just interesting. I find it so much more interesting than like how many games did he sit out? What happened here? What, you know, like, I don't, I don't know. Yeah. You know, I'm, yeah. I mean, and I, and I, frankly, I wish I was able to do more of that kind of stuff. I'm so, you know, underwater with like the day to day, like right. beats, especially like over the last month, like there was a trade deadline and the whole Gary Payton two thing. Like I, I like, it's just now at the point in the season where like, I've got a couple things I'm working on where I'm going to finally be able to like a couple of like the lesser known guys on the team. I've been able, I'm going to be able to like get into, you know, some of their like backgrounds, some of their stories and do some of that kind of stuff. That's like the kind of stuff you do all the time. That's more like the kind of stuff I don't get to do that often, but every time I do, I'm just like, this is so much more fun than <laughs> just like trying to write something interesting off of this game that like nobody's going to remember in two days that that's like a big part of the job too. Like <laughs> totally, totally. And yeah, you know how I feel about that. Like, I mean, you know, it was only like what? So we're in 2023, graduated college 2013, you know, I was uh -huh. at the OC register for like four years and I wasn't doing like this type of like interesting work. And I would always just be like, man, or I want to break a thousand words. Can we do a 1200 feature? Can we do a 2000 word feature? So um, yeah, there's just, everybody has a story. That's the thing. Like when I was at Butler, that's the student managers were just shooting around before practice just went up to one of them and was like, Hey, can I ask you a question? Um, I'm just curious, like, does Greg ever play with the student managers? You know, and it's just those little things of like walking up to people. Everybody yeah. has a unique story. Everybody has an anecdote. Mm-hmm. Totally. Are you allowed to say what book number two is? I can't, but I do think we are announcing it later this month. Um, oh, okay. but yeah, so that's, you know, working on that. Um, I'm excited. I'm very in the soup, if that's a phrase. I'm very, <laughs> I feel like I'm juggling like a lot and I'm trying my best to tend to everything. So how's this, that will... how's this process for this book been different than the Giannis book? Is it just like, you know more now or like, are you approaching something differently without, without getting into specifics about what the book is, obviously, because you haven't announced it yet, but just like, what's, what's the difference in the process from book one to book two? Number one, it's not COVID. So right. I think. So you can actually get out and talk to people. Right. But it's also like, it's not like I'm also going out here and having a busy life going, you know, doing all this stuff. So even though with, even though I'm not going everywhere, it's still like it's just a lot harder because during COVID it was like, I literally didn't go anywhere. I was one of those people that like took it very seriously from yeah. jump till the, till, till now still. Um, so I feel like there's less time, which is hard. The other thing is that uh, the subject is obviously older. So there's so much more ground to cover. 
um, Giannis just happened to be extraordinary and live like eight lives before age 26. <laughs> but um, this is my first time like chronicling a life, somebody that's lived. Um, I do feel more at least of like, okay, I did this once. Cause the first time it was like, what am I doing? Like I, every day it was like, I don't know how to do this. No, I, there's I, no... I can't believe I signed up for this. I can't believe I thought I could do this. <sighs> there's no like manual for like how to do this. So the first one was just like, all right, we're, you know, like when I'm on podcast, people ask me about my process and it's something I can answer easily because I, I have a process. But when I was writing the book, I was like, I don't have a process because I've never done this before. So this time around, I have a little bit more okay I think let's do this and but it's exciting it's really hard um but it's it's exciting I want to I want to keep doing this for for as long as I can so um but yeah, it's a lot of work <laughs> <laughs> well I'm excited for the announcement you said later this month you think it's gonna be announced I think with... yeah very yeah soon okay cool so I'll Everybody's going to keep an eye out for that, obviously. <laughs> the Ringer, uh, what stuff, you know, go read the Greg Oden story if you haven't. Uh, if you're listening to this, you're a Blazer fan, you'll probably want to read this story because it's a good portrait of kind of where Greg Oden's at in his life now, and he's in a much better place, I think, in his life than he was kind of, you know, five, six, seven years ago when, you know, all that stuff was still fresh. So, Mirren, th thank, thank you so much for doing this. This was a lot of fun. Yeah, thank you. I mean, like you said, you we go back, so I appreciate you as always, and uh -huh. just thanks for being so thoughtful with your questions. Uh -huh. Appreciate it. Yeah, I'll talk to you soon.